My friend said to me, he said, I think the weather's trippy. I said, no, man, it's not the weather that's trippy. Perhaps it's the way that we perceive it that is indeed trippy. And I thought, man, I should have just said, yeah. Let me tell you something you already know. I can see Russia from my house. Insanity is becoming the new normality. He's weird. He's misunderstood. He's totally cute. This is the Brian Suits Show. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Famous quote from a famous movie. AM 770 KTT8 here. Oh, uh, producer Greg, it is Friday practice in full swing. We'll be back right after this. Uh, let's get you to work with our right way traffic. Stairs. Always goes down, downstairs. Way better. AM 770 KTTH, here. I, I, uh, there's a, there's a, we have one of those like honor break rooms where you the, everything's in the fridge i I think this is re- replacing the standard uh vending machine or whatever <clears throat> is there free stuff in that fridge uh, apparently you have to pay for it yeah and, and um there's a new thing it's it's a it's it's a grill it's a big like texas toast grilled sandwich cut in four pieces but two of them are turkey and two are ham and the my hack this morning was to buy it and then put all the meat in one of the quarters. So that genius that worked out. Stroke of genius. M- minimal minimize the bread, maximize the meat and cheese. Um, I always buy those Nature Valley bars. Oh no! But I'm trying to decide if it's a ripoff. It's like a little more than a buck. <laughs> when if you buy a box of those, how much are they? I can't do that. Yeah, uh, no, it's yeah. They they come out to like twenty five cents each. Breakfast if, is my least favorite meal of the day if I'm in a rush. Yeah, because I just reach for something that's pa- packed with sugar and hopefully has a little bit of fiber in it. I don't. You know, now that I'm on my new sort of regime regimen, I I don't buy that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and it's rare that i did what i did this morning and mm-hmm. and, and that see something go mm, meat meat and cheese and um how strict is it. your current regimen with your your eating and your your exercise and all that stuff because i i made some snacks last night and i wanted to bring them in today but i thought perhaps you can't consume them given your discipline what are they they're called muddy buddies oh no it sounds chocolatey <laughs> it's chocolatey peanut buttery buttery Delicious. You know, I, I I was last years old when I found out that uh, certain dark chocolates don't have sugar in them and minimal carbs. And so... Uh, I mean, that's like the real dark chocolate. Yeah. Though. I, like, love it I though. thought, oh, Cadbury dark chocolate, that's going to be good for me, right? No, it needs to be even more hardcore, non-sugary. Um, so uh, yesterday, I, I mean, generally, I my, my big one meal of the day is between like four and five... 5.30 or so. Mm-hmm. So I got home uh, yesterday and I began prepping, you know, those stand-up chicken roasters where you you, you impale the standing chicken the best. On, a, on a beer can, you know, full of, you know, half full of beer and then whatever, vinegar, very spicy sure. and all that, right? And then you slow roast it and, and you know, let, let it, let it go slow, just coat the top with pepper and rock salt and your spices and it just runs down. And then, and then my my child person, um, I uh, uh, picked picked him her up them picked them up, but it's just one person, uh-huh. and so she wanted to bake because she's in, on a baking thing now. <clears throat> and I said, "Well, okay, but I got to you know I'm roasting a chicken," and and she said, "Well, roasting is just baking. You, you're just using a different word." So she put a banana bread in, and then you finish 
the chicken at 350 for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So that was perfect for her. So she made a banana bread and guess what? Tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, let me, I, I said, you might want me to finish off and get that out of there. And she goes, no, 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 it'll be fine. And sure enough, she made, I, she crossed two streams. She made banana bread that tastes like chicken. Our daughters have similar tendencies where they, my daughter doesn't want to be told what to do in the kitchen. So she just takes the initiative and I'm like, that's not going to work out so well, but she'll do it anyway. She has to learn through the mistake rather than me telling Ab- her it's you know going to be a mistake. Absolutely. That's uh, that's a, a, the the best way to learn is to put a lot of time into like making crappy dough and then making crappy bread, you know, come out. And then then I'm like, "Oh, well, hmm." But I like you did some cooking last night for the first time for the for the longest time my wife has wanted me to master one or two dishes that I can whip out during the week. And uh, I did it last night. I made a creamy garlic chicken and mashed potatoes with some of those like Pillsbury biscuits in, in the oven. Uh, no green, of course, absolutely no, nothing good for you. So they're uh, all stopped. Up. But I I felt full of pride last night, Brian, for for whipping out the family meal, it, and it was it was glory. It needed a little more salt. It's a uh, it, it's an achievement. You know, it really is. It, and- it takes a long time, actually, if you're gonna make. <laughs> Well, something other than frozen pizza, which is and, my go-to. And my, my daughter wants to work. There, there's a couple different uh, uh, restaurants that are looking for work. And, and you know, it's the summer. And I, I have no problem with her going to work at age 13 in a kitchen. And, and that's, I, they allow that? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, she, I, she, she might, might have a problem 16. with it. She might be 16 on the form. Yeah. And and um, because I, I got to say, my my time in Pullman in, in a professional kitchen when I was at the Wazoo, uh, it, it, it learning how to work in a professional kitchen and cook is a really, really lifelong skill. And you learn all kinds of fun tips, like how to sharpen a knife. Um, uh-huh. If you're if a knife is falling, you don't reach out and grab it. Let it fall. A little, uh, you, you don't grab a hot skillet handle with a wet towel. It immediately turns to steam in your hand. Um, and then also you, you learn the very important skill. Uh, when when cooking and keeping the kitchen clean at the same time, uh, clean as you go. Yeah, clean while it's hot. Uh, you know, let, don't don't waste the don't run the hot water till it's hot. And when you take something off the stove, uh, you immediately get water on it. A little bit of Dawn, tiny bit of Dawn, and then scrub it with a with a straw brush, plastic brush, you know, whatever. Uh, but clean is, and then hang it up. And and so that someone else can use it, and that and that those are the things you learn in a professional kitchen. And I I would absolutely you know I learned it when I was nineteen twenty. Um, I I would love uh, for for her to learn it at, at the age of thirteen. I'm 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 trying to teach it you know to her, but she's concentrating on the bread and all that. But I anyway. think that's a great job for a young person. My oh terrific. My first uh, employment was with the ranch drive-in in Bothell. It's a rich family tradition. My dad also worked there in the seventies. And I, I worked behind the cash register. I never graduated to food preparation. But yeah, working in a restaurant, all about timing, cleanliness, getting things done, and what can be a high-stress environment, you know, where you got to churn things out, go, 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 go. And, and then uh, the relationship building. So yeah, I think that's a... No, yeah, totally. De- you know, deliver, 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 deadline, deadline, deadline. And then then you've, you put yourself in the place of the people sitting in the restaurant and, and and you realize, wow, all the times that I've been like, where's our food? Where's our food? Where's our food? That's all you care about when you're sitting at the seat. You, you don't want to, you don't really don't care about the prep chef's drama, right. you know, that he and the waitress are breaking up today and they're both in the same. You, you really don't care. 
it was a bad time for uh, Chris G to dump me at the beginning. Chris of the G? Yeah, she's she's. Oh, is this your high school? Yeah, no, college. Love. Yeah, and Uh-oh. she she's from Rooster Island, but she lives down in California now. But, Did you get she, back she at her started, by doing bad things to the food? Started the the shift by telling me. Oh, nice. That we were done. I'm like, that couldn't wait till the end. Enjoy your day. <laughs> yeah. So annoying. And I mean, that that was my, my, that may be the reason that the relationship didn't go, you know, past uh, it's eight weeks. But, but it's because my, my first reaction was not, no, 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 we haven't, no. My first reaction was at the beginning, you dumped me at the beginning of a shift? It's sad, but I have tremendously fond uh, recollections of finishing a long shift at the ranch drive-in and making myself a burger with fries and and getting a chocolate milkshake and driving home and just thinking, job well done. Uh, there's, there's nothing better as a 17-year-old in life than that. Personally, to, to, that's how I feel. Uh, frankly, to my credit, we got together. The only good thing that's ever happened out of Facebook is that we, we reconnected because I helped her and her husband look for property in, in this one town. You let bygones be bygones? Absolutely. And, and because I would have dumped me after week two. <laughs> yeah, right. at, that, at that point in my life, she made the absolute right decision. Did you uh, tell her that? Oh, yeah. We, we laughed about it. I, I told her husband, yeah, she dumped me at the beginning of a shift. And he's like, yeah, so her. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, you heard him right. The spokesperson from the Pentagon, John Kirby, said, hey, don't go to Ukraine to fight. There's a war on. He really basically said that. I'll play it for you right after this. Uh, AM770 KTTH. And uh, you know who's not woke is the entire crypto industry. Turns out it's run by these libertarians and they're belief and freedom and uh, so anyway though of course the new york times is doing a hit piece on uh, on one of them because uh, anyway we'll get to that here in just a second uh the the marauder at uh, mariner high school uh the 15 year old who was shooting in part in a parking lot the other day forcing a lockdown uh he's under arrest so there's that guy uh am 770 ktth let's get you to work with our right way traffic Hey, I'm 770 KTTH. Brian Suits here uh, with producer Craig for a Friday practice, the 16th of June, <clears throat> uh, 2022. And uh, so anyway, yeah, a pair of American uh, military veterans, uh, one Army, one Marine, uh, are uh, incommunicado. Their Ukrainian unit they were fighting with uh, near Kharkiv in, uh, in Ukraine. Uh, is reporting that they were overrun and their status is frankly unknown, but they're saying that uh, they're it's feared that they're captured. So John Kirby, the uh, spokesperson for the Pentagon, was asked about this yesterday, and uh, here here's his response: We discourage Americans from going to Ukraine and and fighting in Ukraine. It is a war zone. It- okay. <laughs> Well, where can I fight then? I, I want to go <laughs> That's somewhere. A good question. Oh, damn! Ukraine's off the list. Well, Mister Kirby, where where can I go fight? Okay. Um. So, uh, th- does that mean Malcolm Nance too? MSNBC's Malcolm Nance. I, we haven't heard from him in a few. No, weeks. I was. Of course, I wish him the best. We discourage Americans from going to Ukraine and and fighting in Ukraine. It is a war zone. It- so anyway. The, these are two guys who actually went there to actually fight. Unlike Malcolm Nance, he went there to uh, pimp his book in, in, in uniform. Um, Alexander Druke, D-R-U-E-K-E, and Andy Wynn, both of Alabama, uh, went missing in the last few days near Kharkiv. 
Uh, both families shared similar accounts in which the man uh, had contacted them uh, June 8th, uh, saying that they would be unreachable during a multi-day mission. Neither has been heard from since. Uh, so that's all they know. The Russian embassy in Washington did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Um, so if you read, in my case, it's paid for my passport. It, it's, it says... Uh, specifically that you're at risk of losing your U.S. citizenship if you give aid and comfort to an to a declared enemy of the United States. So that means, like, for instance, this is why this is why it's academic to me which president killed an American citizen by drone. Um, they they should read their own passports. They should they should remove the citizenship of someone as as the hellfires in flight or something and make it academic. And now you're an enemy combatant. But anyway, but American citizens, here's the thing. You can go and volunteer to fight. If the minute you're paid, it's a different deal. And uh, so I don't know if Ukraine is paying foreign fighters. Uh, they're certainly not paying for your travel or, or anything like that. Um, and then, then there is the Israel exception. You, you, a dual citizen can go and do their their annual active duty in as an IDF reservist. You can go and 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 fight uh, for Israel and keep your American citizenship and all that. And it's it's odd. That it, it, that's like the one one country we allow uh, for for that. Um, and and you can go and join the foreign the French Foreign Legion. And keep your American citizenship. However, a lot of people join the Foreign Legion because it's a fast track to a new identity and a French passport and whatever value that is. But so anyway, if these guys are captured, what's their status? Are they POWs? Well, they're supposed to be POWs, but are they illegal combatants? That's the thing is that the the Russians can say, well, they're not. We'll capture Ukrainian citizens and hold them as POWs. But these are not Ukrainian citizens. These are mercenaries. And there, there's not many provisions in the law of war about how to deal with mercenaries. Um, and I, I know that we, we had to deal with that in, in my area of operational responsibility because we were dealing with a lot of Saudis. And I preferred, you know, if had I been given my druthers, uh, I, I would have given them a one-way ticket. Uh, uh, however, it, they had special status. Um, so these these Americans are going to be treated as mercenaries by the Russians if they if they weren't executed out of hand, then because because here's the thing, <clears throat> um, one guy's uh, Vietnamese American, the other guy is an American with a, a by now probably passable in Ukrainian, but clearly not a Ukrainian accent, not a Russian. It's going to be really clear that they're foreign fighters and they have no business in Ukraine um, and, and all that. If if they were not executed out of hand then I, I really don't know what to say. If they whipped out their American passports and said, oh, no, 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 you can't touch us. Nothing bad happens to us. We're Americans. That, probably not the best move, but um, it, it might work. I, I really don't know what to say. R- really don't know what to say. Other news uh, with the war in Ukraine, the U.S. announced another billion in aid uh, to the country. And I'm especially pleased to be able to announce today that the United States will provide an additional $1 billion uh, security assistant package for Ukraine. And that includes our 12th drawdown from DOD inventory since August of 2021. And it, it includes guided MLRS munitions, 18 more M777 howitzers, 
and the tactical vehicles to tow them and 36,000 rounds of 155 millimeter ammunition. I hope no one, no one attacks us. My initial take on this is a few weeks ago, didn't we announce $44 billion in spending for yeah. Ukraine? And now we're like, ah, here's an additional one. Uh, it kind of seems like it, uh, it, quite it, the difference. It's, it's highlighting that we're now covering down on their law, on their combat losses because they, they've, okay. some of the systems that we gave them uh, that we delivered in, in the last month or two months have been lost in combat. So this is, um, this is taking uh, our, our artillery pieces in this case. Out of uh, Aviano, Italy, um, and uh, hoping the Blue Falcons. How are you guys doing? And uh, and uh, because we're taking stuff clo- closest to Ukraine, um, in, in most cases, Th- there's other stuff that we're pulling out of National Guard units. I mean, lo- lowest tier equipment, and putting it on trains. The trains go to Savannah. They on in Savannah they get on a boat. They go on the boat to uh, Croatia they get off the boat sometime in September and if there's still a Ukraine left uh, they'll you know get to combat it's, it's it, the logistics of this are pretty crazy but we're that that's part of the dilemma is well they can get a lot of this stuff immediately if we rob the US army in Europe but in doing that you're pretty much sending a message to Russia that hey we think you think we're at war with you we think we're at, we're at war with you also and uh, so that, that's part of the problem. All I know is don't go to fight in Ukraine. It's a war zone. Brett Stevens. We discourage yeah, Americans <laughs> from going to Ukraine and, and fighting in Ukraine. It is a war zone. Yeah. Writing so. in the New York Times, Brett Stevens says five sentences sum up the war in Ukraine as it stands now. I want to see if you disagree with any of these, Brian. One, the Russians are running out of precision guided weapons. Two, the Ukrainians are running out of Soviet era munitions. Three, the world is running out of patience for the war. Four, the Biden administration is running out of ideas for how to wage it. And five, the Chinese are watching. You agree with all those points? I concur. Points? Con- I'm five and zero. Concur with all five. Um, the, the, it, there, this is what, what if there, if I could add a sixth, it, it's that the Chinese are questioning all their own assumptions hmm. about their weapon huh. systems. <laughs> that a Ukrainian hmm. um, and uh, uh, they they're watching this and saying, "Wait a minute, we've been copying those guys, and their their weapons suck." Their weapons suck so much that the Ukrainians up against the wall are dumping the Soviet era weapons and saying, please give us NATO crap. And so we're giving them NATO crap. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and like I say, it, this is what's really weird is at a time demographically when you can't sit there and pile up Russians in a long, long line and just feed them into a meat grinder at a time when they're just not having the kids. They don't have the generation to sacrifice. Putin is stuck in 1944. He's doing that. And I, I just, I can't see that doesn't, he doesn't pay a price for that. But so far, it's, uh, whatever, 120 days into the war, and he's not paying a price for it. All I know is that don't go to Ukraine to fight. It's a war zone. Um, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Let's get you to work with the right way traffic. I am 770 KTTH. You know, say what you will about Hitler comedies. 
but uh, Jojo Rabbit really stands out. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really innovative, very touching movie about a kid growing up in wartime Germany, World War Two, wartime Germany, and and in his fantasy, like all, and he's bullied by all the cool kids, and he's he's in Hitler Youth, and he he fantasizes that Hitler's his best friend, and the guy that wrote and directed the movie is this New Zealand comedian named Taika Waititi. And he plays Hitler, and it's 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 very funny, but it's it's really it's really touching. At, at the end, it's very, a very touching movie. I mention that because uh, I I have to I, I got to tell you after yesterday's episode of Obi Wan, you um, producer does Greg, Hitler make an appearance in Obi Wan? <laughs> you may be right that it, we we they may be beating the crap out of the same characters and 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 like anytime they missed a scene in the original star wars that suddenly expands to some two-year journey so true oh god remember when we made that reference in the original trilogy let's do three spin-off series from it. yeah and and so taika waititi directed a couple of the mandalorian and they were all the best ones, uh, as as usual. And then he he's um, so they they have come to him and said, okay, if you could do anything, what would you do? And he said, you know, it's a big universe. Stop spinning off the same characters. Just make new stories. And he said, and and so anyway, he'll expand it and he'll invent new characters. That's great. I think you know that's what you do. And he said, this is so funny. If I had to retweet it, he said, quote, look, I think for the Star Wars universe to expand. It has to expand. I don't think that I'm any use in the Star Wars universe making a film where everyone's like, oh, great. Well, that's the blueprint for the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Oh, look, it's Chewbacca's grandmother. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so wait, he has directed? He's going to, yeah. Or he's going to, okay. <clears throat> and so that's what's funny is I got to say in in all the movies, the, the, the one sort of after the original Star Wars in 1978, whatever the hell it was, um, the, you know, the second one was was pretty good. Pretty oh, Empire epic. Strikes Back is the best. Yeah, and the third one, it's it, you could see the decline by the third one. <laughs> you know, well, um, Harrison Ford wanted to die in the third one, oh, but George should've. Lucas didn't give him his wish. If he would have died, it could have been a classic. And so that's why, out of all those, I got to say, if you haven't seen Rogue One, that that's the one that it winds up being the most original. You haven't seen anybody that's in that until until. Uh, that movie yeah a broken it, clock is right twice a day too it's but but i gotta say I, I, the first the the one chronologically the first three suck not one of them's good and the reason i say that is because that horrible wooden actor who played young anakin skywalker not the boy not the pod race hayden boy, christensen but yeah the guy that played anakin as a teen then natalie portman and all that he he made an appear. He's he's in. He was in yesterday's episode of Obi Wan, and I, I couldn't finish it. it it's he's that bad. <laughs> he's such a disaster. We brought him back from yeah. And I mean, I get it. I get it. He's the raw material for what turns into Darth Vader. Don't but don't bring him back. And and so you, I I think you're right. I liked. I I think I'm hypnotized. And and Mandalorian hypnotized me. Book of Fett, I thought was pretty good. You're that. making me recall one of the worst scenes in film history, and it comes from Star Wars Episode Two, where Natalie Portman is uh, on a balcony with Hayden Christensen, and he's talking about sand. Uh, Let me see if this is loud enough to play on the air. 
I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> no ahead. Oscar nomination for How that, that performance. Was, what a snub. Who cast him? Anyway, but but yeah, so so Taika Waititi's absolutely right. He said, he said, I don't want to make a film where everyone's like, oh, great. Well, it's the blueprints of the Millennium Falcon. That's Chewbacca's grandmother. That's where we're at now. So anyway, he's he's right. We've and arrived. I, you know, you know who's worse than him? Um, you know, I, Ice Cube, o, O'Shea. What, What's wrong with I Ice know, Cube? I, nothing. You know, <laughs> that, guy, that guy has reinvented himself as a pretty okay actor and, and voice actor. It's that he got his son into movies. And his son, Ice Cube Jr., was in between bringing back that idiot who played young Anakin and then Ice Cube Jr., I'm like, oh, okay. Now Obi-Wan sucks. Peaky Blinders, please. So I, I binged like three episodes of Peaky Blinders last night. Season six. Terrific soundtrack. Great. Well played. Uh, everything that's n- that, that Obi-Wan is not. Obi-Wan was... I think if I went back, I'd be embarrassed about what I said about how good it is. And you and I, why is you and McGregor agreeing to this? Well, I'm, I it's know why. It's a nice why. fat payday. Fat. Why are golfers going to live golf? I mean, My God, why, why are they going on the dismemberment uh, golf tour? The question answers itself. Um, so, so anyway, uh, I take back everything I said about Obi-Wan. It may be, uh, like I said, I'm not going to check my work, but it may be that I've been bamboozled since episode one. So uh, there. I'm uh, happy to be proven right yet again. Um, uh, well, so the even though uh, cryptocurrency is getting shellacked this uh, last couple months and especially this week uh but now one of the crypto exchanges uh, coinbase is the biggest one i read the read you that story yesterday about how coinbase fired uh, several thousand people uh tuesday by locking them out of their email and emailing them at their personal email saying the reason you're getting this here is because you're not you're not getting in your uh, your uh, company email anymore because you don't work for us anymore well the second biggest is kraken exactly like the uh, the hockey team or the mythical creature kraken based in san francisco well their uh founder is like most people in the crypto uh, universe a libertarian, and uh, he's he knew this piece is coming out uh, in the New York Times, and so he uh, the the piece hits him for being politically incorrect, not respecting your pronouns, um, and and questioning who gets to use who gets to call each other an N word if we all can't do it. Uh, he said if if you can, he recently asked his employees if you can identify as a sex, can you identify as a race or ethnicity? Well, my God, he needs to be canceled. Oh, except that he founded his company. Um, and, and so uh, getting ahead of this, this New York times piece, uh, he, he said in a, a Twitter thread last night, look, I'll pay you to leave. If you disagree with our corporate culture, there's the door. Not only there's the door, but on the other side of the door is a, is four months pay. Get out. Uh, those who disagreed could quit, Mr. Powell said, and opt into a program that would provide four months of pay if they affirmed that they would never work at Kraken again. Employees have until Monday to decide if they want to take part. On uh, Earlier this week, on, on Monday, um, Christina Yee, a, Crake, a Kraken executive, gave those on the fence a nudge. Writing in a post on Slack, the uh, that one uh, website, uh, quote, 
the CEO, company, and culture are not going to change in a meaningful way, close quote. She goes on, if someone strongly dislikes or hates working here or thinks those here are hateful or have poor character, work somewhere that doesn't disgust you, close quote. You know, stop me when I say something wrong. I, that's, that's my understanding of any relationship with an employer. And, and, uh, but so anyway, this is in response to this New York Times hit piece that the guy, uh uh-oh, he has opinions. Um, and uh, if you, if you run around and, and the, the, the double sin here is not only does he have opinions, but the company is in San Francisco. And so there are those who predict he won't be able to backfill these jobs. Well, wrong. Uh, there, there's loads of people from around the country that will, for what he pays, that will uh, come come and work there. But uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to decide if this is a hit piece hitting back um, or 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 what. I, I'm not quite sure what the New York Times goal was. It, it may, I don't know anything about crypto except that it's crap and that uh, it should be called crapto. Am I right? And uh, and and that I want to work for this guy. Except he's a hippie. Uh, we'll be back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. And uh, here, here's the, the, the full context of John Kirby's uh, comment uh, yesterday in answer to a question. <clears throat> if you're looking to fight, don't go to a war zone. We discourage Americans from going to Ukraine and, and fighting in Ukraine. It is a war zone. It is, it's, it's combat. Uh, I, the Canada. clarification at the end makes all the difference in the world. Well, I, yeah, but then it's not funny. Um, and if you feel passionate about supporting Ukraine, there's any number of other ways to do that uh, that are safer and, and, and just as effective. I, we, we just, the, the Ukraine is not the place for Americans to be traveling. He's pulling that right out of his A. If you want to go fight, you go fight. There's not any other ways to go shoot an N law at a T seventy two B three. But uh, anyway, but don't 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 go to Ukraine. If you're looking to fight, don't go to Ukraine because it's a war zone. It's, it's almost just- like he's talking to these guys as if they didn't know they wouldn't be safe. Yeah, like oh, I thought if we went over there and fought, it was going to be a grand old time where we. So just weird. Got some kicks and giggles. So weird. They get to shoot back, and, and these guys are both uh, combat veterans, Afghanistan and Iraq. They they are they are aware that it's uh, traditional in war to kill as many of the enemy as possible, and that the enemy does get to shoot back. So there's there's that. This is where that that's the difference between them and John Kirby's storied uh, military career, ending as a Navy admiral. And, and again, we discourage Americans from going to Ukraine and and fighting in Ukraine. It is a war zone. It is. It's. It's combat. Thank you. So anyway, um, <clears throat> a little later on, the uh, two candidates for uh, King County DA spoke, and I'm not quite sure about the uh, the MLK Labor Hall or something like that. Uh, it's a. It was a union sponsored thing about who they're going to endorse, and um, and Lisa Mannion, the the longtime King County Prosecutor's Office staffer, uh, just I hate I hate the term nothing burger, but man, it, it it's an open face hot sandwich of, uh, of of nothing. And again, if you if you're not a King County uh, voter like I'm not, you, you know, that's that's sort of the the funny thing about this is that who's in that position affects every county that touches King County, and then in in many cases. Uh, the county after the county that's touching King County. 
Um, uh, by the way, did you see the dude on I on the Ship Canal Bridge yesterday? They no. had, they shut down I five South for a couple hours. If this is like four in the afternoon, if if you have the unfortunate life situation that you have to be driving through uh, Seattle southbound uh, at four in the afternoon, you're wondering, oh, what now? Oh, what now was my my guy? They busted my man. You know the bike thief? Not not the famous film, Mm-mm. not the uh, iconic Italian uh, post World War II cinema film. Uh, the bicycle. Th- my, you know, I've described my guy that I I catch in my headlights around four fifteen, four thirty in the morning at the lakeside exit of I five here, and he's all and uh, three times I've seen him, three times a different bike. Um, and he's in, in two cases, he was walking it because it had a bike lock on the front wheel. So clearly he's not the, uh, the intended owner of the bike. <clears throat> um, but he, I described him long time listeners. Hey, welcome to AM 770 KTTH. Um, uh, he's a grungy, uh, I know this is shocking, grungy white guy. Um, judging by his physical appearance, there may be, uh, a substance he's addicted to. Um, I'm I'm not judgy. Um, uh, I'm just saying, judging by his appearance, he may be he may have some chemical problems. Uh, but he's wide awake at at four in the morning. Um, well, so yesterday somebody reported a uh, a bike thief on 45th on on just north of here uh, on the other side of the ship canal. And there's two ways to get there, the Ship Canal Bridge, the aptly named Ship Canal Bridge, or the aptly named I-5 uh, Ship Canal Bridge. Uh, so anyway, the guy chooses the baller move of getting on I-5 on, his, on the stolen mountain bike. And in fact, and in fact I'm, not, I'm not sure he was riding it. I think he was walking it because, as usual, there was a lock on it. And this is like at 4.30 in the afternoon. Sounds like a well thought out plan. Well, that's that's the thing. He's, I, I he looked at his wrist, wristwatch and he said, "Why well, always steal a bike at four? <laughs> Maybe it's like every twelve hours um, he steals a bike." So this is broad daylight. So someone actually sees it, calls police. He gets on I five, um, and there's footage that Como Four has. It, it, it's not narrated. You know, I'm giving you all the facts of the story. Uh, State Patrol shut down traffic. Seattle PD uh, took the guy into detention, um, and and they're as they're cuffing him. You, you, I I can see him, and and uh, and I I swear it's the same guy, um, and he's of course his pants are coming off, um, and he has zero personal hygiene because uh, he's a some say possibly uh, judging by his appearance could be uh, addicted to a to a chemical, and he had duct tape over a wound. Oh, he had silver. That's not going to heal. He cr- had, cr- cr- no, apparently that's a great way to get rid of warts. I don't, I don't suffer from warts, but apparently it's a, it's one way. So he has duct tape there as his pants are coming down and, the, and uh, as they find things in his pockets, he's saying things like, these aren't my pants. Um, and, uh, and, uh, he has duct tape on a wound and, 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 and so he didn't, he was almost at the Roanoke exit, which is the south side of the I-5 uh, Ship Canal Bridge. So he was trying to get back to this neighborhood, which is, I think, his normal habitat. But uh, so probably anyway, just to get to his job. Yeah, uh, he was probably just trying to get home to his family. Probably, probably missed a paycheck, like most of us. You know, we're we're one paycheck away from duct taping a wound and blocking a stolen bike across the I five Ship Canal Bridge. I've seen the nineteen forty eight film, uh, The Bicycle Thief. Maybe he was just inspired by Italian uh, neo realist 
uh, drama and films. At, at the end, the boy <laughs> who idolizes his father all this time sees him in a new light. Sees his own father stealing a bike. I'm glad you get that reference, Brian. Um, Makes me proud to produce this morning show. I'm not. I'm not all uh, D's nuts jokes. No matter what the <laughs> the uh, Buffalo Bills tight end. Says. Yeah, you're well rounded with D's nuts jokes and references to 1940s. Every day is a new D's nuts cinema. joke. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um. So I, I, you know, I, and that's the thing is, I first time I told the story a couple months ago, it was, you know, it was a rainy day, and the guy in my headlights as I exit Lakeview, there he is, um, you know, walking a bike, clearly not his, and I nearly played the iconic soundtrack, some some of it from, nice. except it's so scratchy now. It's there's no good copies of that original film, uh, and that's one of those movies where everyone claims. That they've seen it or they get the reference, but no one's actually had to sit through the damn thing. When I became really obsessed with film in my mid twenties, so you mean cinema? Every yeah, the moving pictures. Yeah, you don't you don't get obsessed with movies if uh, you get obsessed with cinema. I came across this film, became obsessed with it, saw it three or four times, and then decided to be a good idea to show the bicycle thief to my extended family. Oh no. And when it was over, everyone went, why did you just subject us to that? <laughs> oh, God. It's like, we don't even know you anymore. It has a depressing ending, folks. Yeah. The boy sees his father as a bicycle thief. It's, it, it's not it, wrapped up in a bow no, like a lot of Hollywood no. pictures of the 1940s. It's, it ain't Disney. It ain't. It, it's, it's, a, it's one long Italian D's nuts joke. Life is sad Every and day is a new D's nuts. Every day is a so, joke. Uh, there you go. Um, uh, yeah, from the country that brought you life is, what, what was it? Life is beautiful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> A comedy based in a concentration camp. So there you go. Uh, and and speaking of that, Jerry Lewis made a comedy based in a, in a concentration Which was never released. Literally never released. It's, it's mythical whether it exists or not. Um, anyway, so the my movie ends tragically with him on his back being arrested by Seattle PD. With his uh, pants pulling down, because there's no belt, no underwear, but there is duct tape on a wound. Fade to black. Finn. Uh, back in a second, the AM770 KTGH. Uh, the choice is clear. One's a dude. And, uh, well, there's two people running for DA of King County. And uh, we'll uh, play a little bit from a debate, uh, a forum that they did last night. When we come back, AM770 KTGH, uh, let's get you to work with the right way traffic. Traffic.